He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, joined by Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times. Uh, to this day, my favorite beat reporter with two working Achilles. Uh, sorry, Thank you. On, you know, that, that you, you're kind of well, working you know. is a, a little bit of a, I would say, not rupture. Well, I, I don't, I don't know that I'm getting the necessary sort of um, torsion or. Um, uh, what would be the word I'm looking for? Like the spring, like the shock, like in a car, like yeah. the tire, like the shocks mm-hmm. that you're looking for. My hair looks wild tonight, guys. I got to figure this out before the game starts. I think nuts. I think it looks good. I think it's a look. I think it's like uh, you know Creed's making a comeback, and I think that like kind of rolls right with that. Uh, <laughs> I can't go anywhere without hearing Creed. Uh, I, I'm taking some of the blame for it because I showed it to Aaron the other day. Um, yeah. But you know, here we are. Hey, we don't have a ton of time, so let's kind of dive right into it. Um, we are nearing the quarter mark of the season. Lakers have played 18 mm-hmm. games. They'll play their 19th tonight. Please, dear God, beat the Detroit Pistons. The timeline would just be a wreck otherwise. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think there's like real cause for legitimate concern. They're still right there in the playoff, the in, in the thick of it. They have beaten a couple goodish teams, they've gotten rolled by some other better teams that that have been mm-hmm. um notable most most notably right their last game against philly the only thing that i'm a little nervous about is this profile i just tweeted this out so per 100 possessions the lakers are attempting just over 24 free throw attempts per game that's 10th in the league that's fine but last year it was a huge advantage for them this year not so much they are attempting a shade under 29 three-pointers a game that is the fewest in the league in making 32.7% of them. That is the 28th worst percentage in the league. They're only grabbing 8.1 uh, offensive rebounds a game, so you aren't generating any extra possessions for yourself either, and you're turning the ball over 15 times a game, which is eighth worst in the league, so you're actually giving the other team yeah. more. Uh, so offensively, that's a profile. Other than that, that though, it's, other than that, it's showtime. So. <laughs> Like offensively, there's there's some concerns there, right? And yeah. a lot was made coming into the season about like this uh you know five out profile and the five out system yep. and all of these things. And I think that system is kind of lending to some of these issues. So I'm curious, like now that we're reaching 20 games in, this is usually where coaches start to kind of you know rethink some stuff, make some tweaks, right? Now they have a decent data sample. Um, is that concerning enough or is that profile concerning enough? Do you think for them to kind of scrap this system in the way that the Lakers scrapped the Princeton offense back when they fired Mike Brown back in the Dwight Mayer season? I mean, I think what they would say, right. And I, I, I can only really speak to that. Right. Um, I think what they would say is that it's like, we don't have Gabe Vincent. We barely have Rui Hachimura. We don't have Jared Vanderbilt. Like we have these numbers, but these numbers are skewed, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I would say, okay, adding a defensive first player like Jared Vanderbilt probably doesn't help your offensive numbers that much. You know, yeah. like he's a good cutter, he's a good rebounder. 
um, you know, may, maybe some of that ticks up a, a little bit. Um, but I just, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think they could fall back into what they were doing last year at, at really any moment. But, you know, when you talk to guys, it wasn't like they were doing a ton last year systematically, right? Like it was like they were playing, you know, a lot on um, talent, a lot on feel. Um, I think obviously as the games get more important, you'll see things like more LeBron James pick and roll, more LeBron James, Anthony Davis pick and roll. You'll get more of that as it gets more important. Um, but right now, yeah, I mean, offensively, they've been a disaster. Now, how much of that is, you know, those 32% from threes, if that ticks up to 36, you know, which mm-hmm. based on their shot quality, I think is is reasonable, right? Like I think they do take among um, the most wide open threes um, mm-hmm. biometrics. I know that's something internally they tout is like, we are getting good shots. You know, we're just not making them. So that yeah. seems to be more of a personnel issue than it does to be a system issue in that sense. But then you also yeah. look at the things they've had success with, like getting the ball to Anthony Davis in the post. Well, there isn't a ton of opportunities for that when you're playing five out, right? Like right. the post, the post isn't there. The post is way outside. So um, I think they're still figuring out a lot of stuff. Um, I think it is taking longer than they wanted. I think that was part of the frustration post Philadelphia was that despite being 10 and eight, um, it hasn't been an easy 10 and eight really. Yeah. There's only been a couple like easy. Hey, Harrison and I did an entire podcast of like, are the Lakers fun to watch? And <laughs> I mean, it, it, I mean, it reminds Sometimes. me more of Frank Vogel's last season in some ways than it does last year mm. where there is like, just like a fight to like, sort of have it right. That's not good. Yeah. I didn't mean to do that, but like where it is like, <laughs> it's just like, fight. yeah, it is Stick not a, um, right. yeah, that is like more of like, to me, the, like, like where you're seeing all these growing pains and I don't know. I mean, I think LeBron has been, you know, statistically terrific offensively and it feels like they've needed every bit of it to be 10 and eight. Um, he is, you know, kind of famously now called this team, the Pittsburgh Steelers and not in a, like what a great dynasty the Pittsburgh Steelers used to be away in a way that is sort of like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like we get outgained and outscored somehow and we're still winning too <laughs> sort of way, which is not, yeah. you know, a terrific endorsement. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a strange thing. And I mean, I know we want to talk a little bit about trades. Like I also think too, it is sort of weird that like the way this team was built, the way that they, you know, you look at their cap sheet and stuff like that. Um, they're not going to be free agent players next summer. That's just not where they're yeah. headed. So if they're going to get better, it's going to be via trade. And it's weird to think trades in late November, early December. I had this conversation with the Lakers executive the other day. It's like, I mean, it is sort of distracting, but like there is this, this sort of, I think, a sense within everybody that like this isn't the finalized roster, especially after the success they had at the deadline last year. But that's like you don't want to think that's not good to think that right yeah. now. Like you want guys right. to be comfortable and you want them to believe that they've got the pieces now. And I'm not sure that that's a, a shared thought. That's a perfect segue to actually something I wanted to talk about in uh, D'Angelo Russell. I thought he started the season playing hard, playing pretty well, you know, and the Lakers went through their first rut. And I think that's when the, the the rumors started swirling. And I, I'm not going to go so far as to say that he has looked checked out or anything like that, but I do think there has been a bit of a downtick for him in terms of some of the focus defensively, 
some of the shot selection stuff, some of the turnover stuff. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I like to, to that exact point, right. Last year, the one of the issues when they entered the season was everybody knew eventually they had to trade Russell Westbrook and probably some other pieces, seeing as they sure. had 37 other tiny little people surrounding him. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year to kind of go into that again, I understand that Rob Polinka kind of likes that discomfort. He likes the notion of competition and like winning your role and all of that. Right. Um, but like when, when that's kind of hanging over the team right from the get, like, have you seen any impact on those rumors now that they've kind of started in somewhat full force? You had LeBron the other night saying, like, a lot has to change. Whatever could you mean by that, LeBron? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I mean, obviously, there, there's going to be some effect. I mean, I think, like, one, like, the optics with D'Lo are always going to be weird because of just how he plays stylistically. He's so calm. Right. Like this is like he is, you know, I use the word cool, but like there is like methodical, like you pick your phrase. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought like early on, especially on the defensive end, like there was like a little more purpose to like what he yeah. was trying to do and stuff like that. And then when they moved Austin to the bench, like I think he was a little more aggressive early in games and stuff like that. And, you know, it seemed like they had kind of settled into this. But like, look, I mean, I think he's a rhythm player. Um, Anthony Davis is a rhythm player. LeBron James is a rhythm player. Like none of these guys are like catch and shoot offensive players. And I think right. like in a smaller, in a smaller version of the way that like, say like the Clippers are struggling and how to figure out how to feed Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, um, you know, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, all like the right amounts at the right times. I, I, I do see that a little bit with the Lakers where like, you know, sometimes guys just sort of disappear. And, like, they have enough offensive talent to allow for that. But, like, that's not particularly fun for guys who want to be involved. And D'Lo wants to be involved. You know, I mean, he's the point guard on this team. Um, The numbers are pretty good, you know, like, really. Like, statistically, he's having a a fine season. Um, When you watch on a night-to-night, is the impact what you want it to be? I don't know. Is he being scapegoated? Maybe. You know, also he is like sort of the con. Yeah, he's also the contract that's sort of like seemingly the most movable, right? So when Mm -hmm. you open up your trade machine or whatever you use, like that's one of the names you click. You know, he's uh, sixth right now uh, on on Fanspo. He's the stick. The sixth most popular name to put into trades right now on on the trade machine. Yeah, you you know, and and so look, that can't be easy. I mean, he talked a lot about being settled last year and stuff like that, and um, you know, I I think there's going to be an element of that, right? Like now, look, when he signed that contract this summer, I mean, that was, I think, the reaction a lot of us had was like, oh, that's a tradable contract. Yeah, like it seems sort of structured in that way, right? Um, Mm -hmm. but like, look, I mean, he's also playing for his next deal. Too, right like he can opt out like you know what i mean i'm sure he doesn't want to take a step backwards into like mid-level territory i mean that's a pretty healthy pay cut for a player like him um mm-hmm. so there's elements like that i i think that that's a little bit of an issue but um you know it's is it debilitating i i don't think at this point i mean it's still i mean look this is crazy right if we had done this on sunday right i'd be telling you like wow, like they just, you know, Torian Prince just had six assists. Like, like mm-hmm. they, like the ball was flying around the court. Like, boy, did they look together, you know? And then after the game on 
<laughs> on Tuesday, it's like, boy, they looked apart and separated <laughs> and stuff. And it right. was just like a really violent swing. So I, I don't know if it's like, you know, if it was a bad day. I don't know what it is. It it does sort of, they do still like sort of feel unsettled, which is why, I mean, like, you know, I think when you hear Chicago is considering a full-on fire sale or whatever, um, it's easy to start trying to piece some stuff together. Uh, you are, I believe, originally from Chicago, right? I so, am. Um, yes. What work are you doing to get Alex Caruso back to the Lakers? Is there anything that you can possibly? <laughs> I think the 23 degree weather in the Midwest today is probably doing a decent job. Um, he is the guy that I think is going to have like the, the hottest market of, their, oh, of sure. their players, right? Like he is the most direct line. I, I know what your role is and your role matters in the pursuit of a championship. Right. So mm-hmm. um I don't want to say there's like pessimism. He's somehow yeah, not so, like partially guaranteed next year. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's get at me. <laughs> I, I don't think it's like pessimism that like the Lakers will like be able to get it done um, at some point. It's not that. I do think though there's an understanding that like by no means is just as easy as picking up the phone and like making a trade. Like, I mean, like the Bulls are going to get a lot for him. Um, yeah, you know, like relative to like what he does. And his contract, probably they'll get more from him than they will, like, per capita, Zach Levine yeah. or maybe even DeMar DeRozan, right? Like, like that might be the prize for them, uh, or Patrick Williams or whoever it is that they're moving on from. It has felt over the last, I would say, few days as if the kind of pseudo-public negotiations have started between the Lakers and Bulls here. I think eventually you know that they're going to pick up the phone, and if they haven't already or whatever, but, like... sure. Um, you know, you had initially there was, well, the Lakers are certainly interested. League sources, right, are saying the Lakers are interested in Zach Levine. Zach Levine has the clutch thing. He's seen with Rich Paul wearing an L.A. shirt and a, or no, it was a clutch shirt and an L.A. hat was what we saw there. Um, so that kind of caught things riled up. And then now you're starting to hear a little bit more. Jovan Buha was on the volume, right? And he says that the Lakers are more interested in, in Caruso or DeMar DeRozan. And, um, you know, that you, oh, also before that, you had the Bulls saying that if uh, the Lakers are going to get Zach Levine, that they covet uh, Austin Reeves in that trade package. Sure. And from what I have heard, like that is That's kind of a, 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 a non starter right now as yeah. well. So, um, yeah, what do you, th- what, what sense are you getting from some of that positioning taking place? A full couple weeks before any of these guys or like some of these contracts, <clears throat> yeah, can be made. like that's gonna even happen. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it's overstated, to be honest. Okay, I think mm-hmm. a lot of it is sort of like, you know, organizations are big places, and a lot of people have voices, and like, and I think interest is a word that um, gets thrown around a lot in these situations or covet. Like, of course, like what would like if you were gonna negotiate with the Lakers, like you would want some version of Austin Reeves. You'd want either Jalen Hood, Shafino, or Max Christie, right? Like you want either the guy they took in the first round or the the young, you know, wing player they're grooming. You'd want the first round pick that they have available to trade. And then you'd want swaps or perhaps if they could turn those swaps into a first like the Clippers did and the James Harden do. Like, like it is a limited like pool of assets. Like that is what you are picking right. from, right? So like you don't start by saying like, we'll settle for Max Christie. <laughs> right like so yeah, like right. that would yeah. never yeah so like i mean i think a lot of this you can file under like sort of like 
What? Well, yeah, of course. Like, I do think like, you know, what Jovan was saying about Zach Levine or, or really, I, I think he's saying in that situation probably is saying more about Zach Levine than it is about DeMar DeRozan. Um, Alex Crusoe, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say they'd love him back, you know, get in line though. Right. Like yeah. there are a lot of teams that want Alex Crusoe. Um, <clears throat> and I think that that will be a, a bidding war is probably the wrong word, but I mean, like the league knows, like this isn't like some nice, like plucky white dude, like on the perimeter that your fans are going to love. Like this is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. And all NBA you, first team last yeah, year. Yeah. And when you're going to try to beat um, Boston, when you're going to try to beat Denver, um, when you try to beat Minnesota, whoever it is, Oklahoma city, like you've got it. There's a guard that you're going to need to, to, to slow down. And like, he is the type of guy that you can entrust with that job. Right. So any contender is going to want him. That's an easy one. Right. Like now DeRozan, I mean, that's a name we've heard about, you know, with the Lakers for, you know, a few years, we heard about it in free agency Um, before he signed in Chicago. We've heard about it, you know, since then, as the bulls have kind of tried to figure out what they're going to do. Um, I think on one hand, I trust him to be like a figured out player. Like, I think he is a, I think he's like, his all around offensive game is a little undersold, but you know, we talked Mm -hmm. about, you know, how, um, you know, how does he, we talked about like they're struggling a little bit right now with guys who aren't comfortable with the ball. Yeah. With, with like, without the ball in their hands and stuff like that. Now look, he can get to the free throw line and stuff like that, but for that to happen, he's going to have the ball more right Mm -hmm. now. Maybe that fits a better role. Should LeBron miss a chunk of time? Um, You know what I mean? Or should Anthony Davis miss a chunk of time? You know, like that, that type of high volume, you know, high usage offensive player would be welcomed on this team, you know, in, yeah. that, in that situation. Um, I, you know, I, like I said, I don't think that they're like frothing at the mouth over Zach Levine. Um, I do, I do think that, and this is me talking now, I, I kind of think they should, I don't want to say reconsider their position on him. It is though mm. when we talk about the things they're not good at offensively, like there is a little bit of like, well, okay, like I know he's not shooting it well this year, but he's been a very good high volume three point shooter in his career. Mm-hmm. He, he gets them up and he makes them at a good percentage. Um, you know, I I am a one of the people I believe Brian Windhorst has said this too. I was in Tokyo for the Olympics. I thought Zach Levine played pretty well in a complimentary role on Team mm-hmm. USA. Like he he was a willing effort defender, rebounder, push and transition, stuff like that. Now, like how that translates to a full NBA season, we've never seen it, um, but we've never seen him play with players as good as LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And would he be willing yeah. to, to, to tweak his game? Now, look, the knee is the knee. The money is the money. Um, the contract is the contract. Um, kind of like the Lakers offense. Like other than that, it's not, <laughs> it's pretty appealing. What do you um, think, Miss Lincoln? Like, what are, yeah, like, yeah, right. It's a great show. What about that acting? Um, but I think, yeah. So, so look, I, I just don't think they're anywhere right now. Like, they, like in terms of like a plan, um, because one, they can't do anything, anyways. Two, um, it'll be like the marketplace could change at the drop of a hat. Like, you know, in terms of teams getting involved and things like that. I think there's an element of that. And three is like. They, they don't know who they have, what they need, what they need to totally fix because they don't know what they look like with the team they thought they had. 
And by the way, and, and this goes for everybody, Anthony, like teams love to see the, the roster they put together in the summer. They want to see it on the court. Like they yeah. put all that time and effort and energy into building something. They want to give that a chance. So I, I, t- I tend to think they're more in wait and see mode on all of this stuff. Um, again, I would say Caruso being probably the exception on that, that if there was a Caruso deal that made sense for them, they would do it. Um, but I think right now, when I'm hearing like that, I mean, that cost is going to be substantial. Yeah, that is uh, every time I hear, I mean, shoot, at the beginning of the season, the the conversations I was having and, and hearing essentially was they are not moving Caruso. That like that contract yeah. is too good. He's too impactful. They want to see what things look like after they move Zach Levine and and see what they can get there with with maybe improving some of the vibes there or whatever. And that Caruso is is borderline off of the table, which means, you know, for those who were I remember initially it was like, well, the Lakers could get Zach Levine. And then there were some people saying on my timeline, well, just throw in well, Alex maybe, Caruso, maybe yeah. they could throw Caruso. <laughs> I don't think yeah. you throw in first team all defensive type players. Yeah. Um the point that you made though about you know the Lakers wanting to see their their roster together, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Again, it would be one thing if they were, you know, what are they? They're 10 and 8. If they were sitting here at four and whatever 14 i could see yep. a little bit more desperation 10 and 8 allows you the ability to kind of wait and see a little more that does feature that hopefully features getting some guys back i know cam reddish is supposed to make his return um as soon as tonight would, yeah i expect to see him tonight but i i don't know mm-hmm. that per se i, mean, um, I think rui, Hach- rui hachimura is due for a reevaluation tomorrow um, you would assume based on, you know, the fractured nose, the fractured nose and the procedure that, you know, he'd be getting fitted for a mask of some sort and, you mm-hmm. know, we'll be, we'll be back, you know, and I think then probably next up is Jared Vanderbilt. Um, Gabe Vincent is the trickiest of this. I know this will shivers will run down the spines of all Laker fans who say, Oh no, a guard comes from the Miami heat and has sort of this vague injury and we don't know the status yeah. of it. Um, he's been on this trip with the Lakers. He's been around the team. Um, you know, I have not seen him do much on the court, um, if at all. I think they're mm-hmm. trying to still figure out exactly how to like best manage this. Um, I know I talked to Gabe a little bit and he said for him, like, you know, like he wants to come back and not miss games. Right. So like let's okay. handle it. When he's back, let's he wants it. to be back. Yeah. So, you know, when I come back, I want to be able to be back and stay back. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I think, um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think you'll get, you know, some version of those guys back and look, maybe, you know, when you talk about um, not getting offensive rebounds, you talk about not making threes, um, you know, they're, I think 14th in defense right now or 13th in defense. They've been top 10, you know, they just got smoked in Philadelphia, but like, you know, you get back a couple of impact defenders, a little, a couple good transition players, maybe the stops go up. And then maybe then the transition points go up with it. I -hmm. think Um, maybe that's a little way to kickstart the offense. Look, they don't have to be a top 10 offense. They're not going to be a top 10 offense, but, but like they need to get into the 15 range, I think, Um, you know, and I'm not quite sure exactly how they're going to pull that off. Yeah. um, I, I, can you speak at all to the legitimacy of rumors that I may or may not be making up right now that Pat Riley like injures his guys on the way out the door as they go to the Lakers? Like, is there, culture baby 
It's culture. <laughs> no, as they walk out the door, like part of the culture, like lie. breaking bones, and he just like and he just, just, just snap, hits him with a, a shot. Um, yeah. No, it, it's it's been frustrating. It's been frustrating for Gabe. And, and look, yeah. and, and Anthony, like Gabe was like a guy too. Like, I mean, he he's such just like a seamless fit to what like a contending team is trying to do, right? Like, he didn't play great offensively by any stretch early in the season, but you could see like in a couple of those games defensively his value um, as like a physical presence, right? Like, I mean, that was part of the reason why they chose him essentially over Dennis Schroeder, right? Is that you go from um, a six foot, like 130 pound point guard in Dennis. That's, I don't know. He's a hundred. I mean, he's tiny though. Right. He's like 160. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like he is a small, small NBA player, um, to a guy who's six, one, you know, 205 pounds and is like built up. Right. And is like a strong mm-hmm. guy, um, you know, and, and, and is adept at like fitting in around other players. So, um, that was part of the reason they made that choice and they just haven't had it. And I think they've suffered from like not having that physicality on the perimeter. Um, it's why I think in some reasons they turned to Cam Reddish. Um, mm-hmm. If I had to, to pick a nit, I suppose, with this team, I, even when Rui's been playing, I still kind of feel like they don't get their best players on the court enough as a group. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that, you know, figuring out a way to play, you know, Austin, Rui, LeBron, an AD and figure out the fifth guy, whether it's D'Lo some nights, whether it's Torian Prince or Cam Reddish or whoever it is, like getting like your best group on the court for longer stretches. I think like they've been a little rotation cute at times. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's some of that's a product too of injuries and like, yeah, you know, going into games with eight or nine, right? yeah, like, going into games with eight or nine healthy players. Like, guess what? I can tell you what your rotation is going to be. You're going to play those nine guys. You know, if, if yeah. I mean, if Cam Reddish plays tonight, right, like they'll probably play 10 guys, um, you know, it, assuming LeBron is upgraded and stuff like that. And, you know, you'll play your you'll play your five starters. Reddish starts again. And then, you know, you play Max Christie will play a little bit because he's earned a chance to keep playing with the bench. You play Jackson Hayes, you play Christian Wood, you'll play your bench guys, Austin Reeves, and, and that's it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, no, I, I mean, there's no, there's no other choices. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting once more guys get back. Hopefully, you know, um, I have been hearing some optimism on the Vando front now for a little while. So much so that like I'm like wondering when do we get to see <laughs> the guy? Yeah. But, but um, you know, when he comes back, I kind of wonder what that does to Hayes's minutes, and then you know, with Cam or Christian and, Woods. Yeah, one one of those guys is yeah. gonna get squeezed. Right, right. Yeah. So we'll we'll kind of see what that looks like, um, and and see how this all fits in together. Uh, you have to get over to the arena though. And Little Caesars Arena, guys. <laughs> they have. I, so I will tell you, they have a, like functionally a Little Caesars in the press room for reporters. Really, like pizza and the breadsticks and like the dessert. Little Caesars got me stuff. through college. They had like the four or five dollar like preheated five dollar hot, hot and ready, hot and ready, baby. <laughs> It's good stuff. Like, no, yeah. Like half of my diet in college. That's why I look like this now. I was going to say, right? Like, those... seriously. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you very much, Dan, for, for hopping on. Best of luck uh, again going through the season. I do want to give a plug to the podcast that you and uh, BT do together for the LA Times. That has been a lot of fun. You guys are doing great work there. Um, and, you know, make sure everybody is subscribing over to the LA Times. Anything specifically you want to plug? 
uh, before we get you out of here, other than the work well, that I mean, you're doing. The, to yeah. I mean, I think the pod is right now is like been a lot of fun, right? Like I think BT is such a character in the NBA. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's like fun. Like there's like, could be fun drinking games you play. Like every time he talks about Paris, you know, <laughs> like you have to like pour yourself a glass of Cabernet or something like that. I think he'd like that game, yeah. but yeah, no, it, it's been fun. And, and I know people at the times are excited about it. And, um, We'll have to get you on. We'll have to get you uh, in, into the skeleton uh, for our guests, the big skeleton suit that we have that we uh, we strapped an iPad to the head of a skeleton perfect. for our, for our <laughs> studio guests. So who can't be? That's there? perfect. It'd be the skinniest yeah. I've ever been. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you a ton, Dan. Best of luck. And we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. <laughs>